0: All right, we've got a great episode of Side Retired today. For our loyal listeners, you're gonna know this familiar voice that we're having on the podcast today, but Nico, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez as always. And Nico, very special guest joining us on today's episode if you want to introduce him to our audience or reintroduce him.
1: Yeah, reintroduce him. I remember he was one of my first interviews. We have now, I guess, the former um, bullpen catcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Stephen Chilotti. How you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm doing good. Um,
1: thanks for having me again, guys.
2: Absolutely.
0: We loved our conversation back in February. Now, obviously, some life changes have happened for you since the last time we talked. So looking forward to hearing all about life in the post-baseball world. So just want to, if you want to update our audiences, since February of 2023, when you had you you on, what's up and what's the life of Stephen Shalati up to? Um, Well,
2: 2023 was an absolute blast. Um, But uh, I think that just with the family situation where we're kind of getting at... I think it just demanded some changes to be made. Um, You know, we had some things going on at home that just made me really weigh the thought of um, ending my uh, tenure with the Dodgers and moving on to other things. Um, But the season itself was spectacular. And um, I want to say that it was probably my most favorite team that I've been a part of. And uh, I think that just kind of added to the decision uh, just kind of ending on that note um, and taking in a lot of the things that I had observed throughout the season, you know, the camaraderie amongst the guys um, and the you know team collaboration and in its entirety was something special. And I wanted to leave with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there was actually surprising because usually with the Dodgers, it's a lot of vets and a lot of guys that we've known like household names, but there was actually a surprising amount of new guys that were on the staff that you probably had to catch? What was that like? Like some guys like Bobby Miller, I mean, she and
2: yeah, I mean, getting to know those guys um, was a blast. I mean, anytime that you have new guys come up, um, it's just, it's just a lot of fun to observe their personalities and watch them kind of grow into their roles. Um, you know, obviously some have more success than others. And I always fancied my role as kind of being that in between spot where, um, you know, they can kind of, Lash out if they needed to or they needed support. Um, I was kind of that sounding board for these guys to kind of speak, you know, in a f- kind of a free space, you know, non judgmental. Um, also, I'm not really tied to any decision making. So I was always there kind of like as a buffer for these guys. And I really embraced that uh, aspect of my role. Um, so getting to know Bobby Miller and Emma Sheehan, again, I just that's just something that I maybe that's more innate to me is just something that i enjoy and um, i think that they're going to have success in their given roles the amount i don't know you know we don't have a crystal ball we don't know you know how much success that these guys are going to have but they have the makeup to be great
0: absolutely i love it and then obviously the dodgers another 100 win season in your last year it seems like it was routine throughout your tenure that the dodgers are going to win over 100 games and make the playoffs what was that last experience like obviously postseason didn't go exactly how you guys were hoping but one last ride with the crew.
2: You know, I think that getting to that spot was more special, you know, in 2023 than it ever had been because we kind of came into the season uh, under the radar. I don't think a lot of people expected much from us, let alone 100, uh, 100 win season. Um, and so once we kind of hit our stride and, um, you know, people got to know, the likes of Jason Hayward and, you know, the, the history behind Jason Hayward and uh, Freddie Freeman, Uh, you know, how they were been best friends, you know, basically forever. Um, And then also some of the things that we would do, you know, post wins and series and that sort of stuff was again, something that I will always remember and cherish. And I think that that was probably something that I'm probably going to take away the most from 2023. And um, yeah, I think that, getting into the postseason and have it end the way that it did no matter what type of seasons you're having is always disappointing um I'm just thankful that we had the opportunity to go yet again and I'm grateful to be able to go to the playoffs for the last 11 seasons um you know I'm extremely thankful for the experience that I've you know been able to attain with the Dodgers and that's including my minor league career um I just I just am just like I'm I'm happy to take that with me and to, uh, you know, to be more of a a leader for my own family, you know, take those experiences and evolve as a person now. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And again, I'll just, you know, beat the dead horse. I'll always be grateful for the experiences that I was able to get with the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What was the timeline for like kind of going into that decision? Was it more of like a slow burn that had like, been lingering throughout the year or is it one thing like season wrapped up kind of reflected on the season? You're like, I think it ends here.
2: Yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. All right. So as a minor league player, I didn't really get an opportunity to play much. And so you find yourself in this, you know, in between stage where you're not really playing, but you don't want to forego opportunities outside of baseball much longer um, and so you find yourself kind of like in this in between stage a lot, and you're bouncing back and forth. What are the pros and cons? You know, what if I do this? What if I do that? You know, I don't want to sacrifice this. You know, and you know I have worked so hard to get to this point. I mean, I've you know at that point in time in my minor league career, even though there's not much to say about it, I had dedicated I don't know 17 years or something like that. I mean, this so year 22, 27, yeah, 17 ish years to baseball. You know, every spring, every summer, dedicating that time and sacrificing friendship and you know normal childhood type of uh, experiences—that's um, a really, really hard thing to do. And so, coming into this season, it's just a different dynamic than that because you know you don't have any—you don't have any more room to be selfish. I mean, the the uh, career itself is a very selfish one um, with the amount of traveling. Um, And the amount of time that you had to dedicate, I mean, really in this course of about seven months is astonishing. I mean, you just can't match it with many other things. And um, going into this year, it was more of a buildup of the last five. So if you can just kind of like condense that, I mean, it was headed that direction. And I think that just kind of going throughout the year and appreciating some of the experiences that you were having in the moment, they would always add to whether or not like this was it this was the time Um, we had some things going back at home that really uh, demanded more of my attention just from like a principal standpoint being a father being a husband and being home for them Um, so a combination of those two things made the decision easy but again the fact that it took five years to get to that point is what made it a little bit more difficult if that makes sense
0: Absolutely. 100%. I guess one of the fun things that's always interesting about baseball players is once the cleats have been hung up, it's what do I do now that baseball is gone? Or do you try to stay involved with baseball in some capacity? So I know it's only been a couple months, and you probably don't know exactly where the future is headed at this point. But what do you think maybe a year from now, it's Steven Shilotti's up to? Is he back in baseball somewhere? Is he a full time dad? Or what is what's life going to be like?
2: Well, I mean, luckily, I mean, I guess, it's tied to my personality. This this was something that I've been breaking down for however long. I mean, really since I got the job, because to me it was a job to be at an end, you know, anything that you do in baseball for the most part, I mean, it's going to come to an end at one time or another. And then you just hope that you get an opportunity to maybe do something else in baseball after that. But unfortunately for the most part, it comes to an end for comes to an end for everybody. Um, That being said, I had always been the type of person to dig into, you know, anything that I can learn about, um, anything that I can gravitate towards. Um, My biggest fear is, you know, spending so much time in baseball that I didn't know how that was going to translate into uh, some sort of job opportunity outside of baseball and really into, you know, in an environment which didn't involve baseball or sports. You know, how does that really translate? I don't know. You know, so the thought of getting into my – early 40s or mid 40s uh, was rather daunting uh, when thinking about having to try to translate that into the, you know, quote, unquote, real world, you know, outside of baseball. Um, That was something that was a bit fear driven, maybe. Um, But yeah, so it just kind of led me down this, you know, rabbit hole trying to figure out what I was good at, um, and really digging into my personality and getting to know, you know, the type of person that I am. Um, and I'm a little bit more of the analytical, uh, nature. Um, so I really dug into how I can, uh, communicate better. I wanted to learn how to articulate things at a higher level. And then that led me to another subject and that led me to another subject. Um, I wanted to be able to uh, uplift the people around me. I want to be able to spread knowledge in a positive way to the people around me because I may not be a decision maker, but I know that I can be of a, a positive influence you know, to everybody around me. And so that's what I really wanted to do. And I figured once I was able to kind of accomplish that, or at least have a path that there was no downside. And once I found that, then things just kind of took off from me personally. Once I figured there was no downside to what I was doing to the people around me, and it just helped me and my family, I was all in. And so that led me down uh, to learning actually the world of finance. Um, so here I am right now. I even have some of my screens up before, uh, you guys popped in. I have my charts. I have everything going on. I taught myself how to, um, how to trade the stock market and how to make my money work for me. Um, and so that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do full time. Uh, that way I can, uh, divulge more of my time to my family cause I'm at home. Um, so basically I will, I'll be a dad that is at home and I'll be kind of a, a main parent when my wife decides to go back to work this fall and become a teacher again. And um, yeah, so that's where we're going to head. We're going to head down that route. And my goal is just to try to create some generational wealth. And I want to be able to teach my kids, you know, how to manage money and uh, that kind of stuff. And so that's where I'm going to go and wherever that leads me, I think I'll be happy with, but right now the, the, the goal is to be able to do it from home and to be able to um, no pun intended, but reinvest, some of that time back to my family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Dylan's eyes lit up when he was like, he's going to finance. I'm in i I'm a business. <laughs> so I think Dylan was like, wow, I'm in the business school. I feel so special now. <laughs> college. I don't get that. I don't get that same connection, but do you think that like, obviously you have that connection with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting from like now going into 2024? Like, okay, I'm going to be a fan now. Like, do you think you're going to be like kind of one of those, 162 guys we're like hey always gonna be on at least in the background gotta watch my boys play like how like I i don't know if you thought about it a lot but how are you gonna stay connected to maybe either the dodgers or just maybe baseball in general you know like when i left um and you know my
2: constituents were just they're just hard to compare um they're wonderful people. They look out for their employees. Um, and so the overall culture of Los Angeles Dodgers is one of those key takeaways that I want to, you know, basically take and, um, you know, include in my own life and be able to mentor my own children through. Um, because it was a more of a positive environment most of the time. Um, they hired good people. They brought in good players. The personalities um, were of the winning types. and um, But not the winning where it was more of a, you know, selfish me, that kind of stuff. They understood the team concept, um, which is, you know, very empowering when you have that level of talent. So, um, in my, you know, my thought was basically like, look, like there are a number of things that I can do because I have the experience that I have. Um, but obviously they have the people that they, uh, that they want in place. And I will always re- respect that. Um, and if they want me to do something in the future that is tied to baseball, I mean, that's always going to be up for consideration. I never want to close any doors or any windows when it comes to opportunity, especially when you dedicate that much time to your craft. Um, so this was a very, um, you can say like, it was a very uh, understood and, um, uh, agreement between me and the the Dodgers where we were kind of headed. So there was no ill will whatsoever. And there was a full understanding of just like family dynamic and, you know, where I was at from an age standpoint. And my job was physically demanding. Um, I didn't want to be a 45 year old and I could barely move. And like, <laughs> now I'm in a place where like, oh man, I'm stuck, you know, and I, I can't really do much. And that was just something I just wasn't interested in doing. And at that point, realizing how much time that I had sacrificed when I could just been with my family, my kids. And I didn't want to know what that ending looked like if that were, were, were to be the case, you know? So um, I know that, you know, from a future standpoint, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, we are in the midst of some wonderful things when it comes to technology and business and that kind of stuff. And, um, I did offer up some of uh, just my knowing with just like utilizing artificial intelligence and being able to kind of be in the know with that stuff. And, you know, I must have spent thousands of hours studying it and using it um, this season to to better understand how it could, you know, dive into some of our analytics and being able to kind of, uh, you know, cipher through some of the inefficiencies um, within data sets, you know, and um, I got to say that I must have learned tenfold this summer utilizing AI than I had You know, through school, it's just because it was more direct. It was always more tied to what I was interested in. I didn't have to, you know, read the chapters I wasn't necessarily interested in. And I went straight to the stuff, the substance that I needed to do and needed to learn in order to apply, um, you know, the value to what it was that I was learning. So um, I offered some of that stuff up. In a way to kind of stay connected. Um, Obviously, the physical stuff will be there for a number of years. I can always throw BP, I can always do those kinds of things. So, you know, we have our spring training facility here in Arizona. You know, there's no saying once my kids are up and they're going to school every day and you know, things are looking good from a market standpoint, I can kind of do it a little bit more passively. And, you know, who knows, you just don't know. So it's just about kind of going through life and building skill sets and building relationships the best way that you can. And also in a way that, you know, builds people up around you. And again, from a principal standpoint, I don't really see a downside to that. So that's where that's where we're at.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I do have to ask because you did mention it. Have you even gotten in a squat since November, October? As soon as you retired, you're like, yep, I'm done doing that. Never catching again. And I don't have to kill my knees anymore.
2: You know what? It wasn't, it's not necessarily the knees or back. Thankfully, it's just, it's my elbow. It was my shoulder. Um, those things really started to kind of like fatigue. Um, luckily with my background in athletic training and strength and conditioning and maintaining those certifications through continuing education and all that stuff, I had a good understanding of how to take care of myself. And so, again, from a principal standpoint, I wanted to be able to produce the best service that I could could to the players. And that meant taking care of myself as if I were a player and as if I were, um, you know, competing every day. Um, I needed to be able to show up and to be healthy for these guys in order to throw as long as they were every single day. Um, And so that's what I took it upon myself to really dive into that as if I was still playing and, you know, adhere to certain principles and routines and uh, take care of myself physically and, you know, eat the right way and all that stuff. Um, but unfortunately, even with all those things, you know, the <laughs> mileage just creeps up on you, you know, like I had a strained UCL the uh, a year and a half ago, two years, that was kind of like dealing with for a good year, um, you know, so that was bothersome, um, you know, aches and pains every now and then, um, you know, in the shoulder, mostly, um, every now and then, like, hips or something kind of get tight um, that kind of stuff if you can imagine just the mileage but um, yeah uh, long story short I haven't gotten into a squat the only squat that I've gotten is into my you know with the barbell in my in my gym here at the house that I'd still work out I'll probably work out until I can't walk anymore so um, that's the only squat that I've gotten into but I'm really not looking forward or I'm really looking forward to not having <laughs> to throw, really not. Yeah, I don't want to throw anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, you kind of said the the throwing BP, and after that, I think it's gonna be a while before you throw beef, Beaver again because you're like, no, I, I'm not using it. every time. This arm's getting yeah. rested for a nice three years until I even think yeah. of of throwing a a baseball. Exactly right. Yeah. How's um Arizona? I think um I think it's gonna be really interesting. I always wonder like how. Like Florida, I, I'm from Florida, so a lot of people, like we go to spring training all the time. Like it'll be like a random like March when I was in high school and be like, oh, it's the weekend. Let's go see someone play. You think you're going to do that a little bit? But like, hey, I'll maybe catch like they're an hour away. Maybe I'll go to like watch the Dodgers play a spring training game or like maybe I'll go watch another team that's in Arizona. I know Chicago's in Arizona. So like maybe like one of those teams like, yeah, just, you know, to scratch that itch of wanting to see some baseball, maybe I'll take a little drive up one day
2: no <laughs> no
1: um you know what like i love I, I love the guys
2: that i work with um the players that i've gotten to know over the you know a decade of working with these guys um again it adds to that experience um and it's something that i always cherish but the game of baseball is the game of baseball you know there's going to be a certain strategy that evolves over time but the basis of the game always remains and so you can always watch so much of it you know like I have thousands of games, you know, <laughs> under my belt now. You know, I'm sitting through some of the worst, you know, four, five, six hours, you know, rain delays and all this stuff. And, you know, you know, this past year when they implemented the time clock was probably the best year when it came to just, you know, the the average time, you know, per game. Uh, it really helped. Uh, it made it much more enjoyable. But to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm going to turn on the TV and watch it, and it's probably just not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be more of like just checking in on, you know, the guys and see how they're doing, um, you know, reach out to them, make, it, make sure that they're still good, you know, still adhering to, again, what I feel is more innate and in that is just be like, they're kind of supportive um, and make sure that they are good. And if they need somebody to talk to, that they can talk to somebody that has no ties to anything that, that way they can kind of like exert some, maybe the the stress that they're feeling and that kind of stuff. And um, you know being able to talk to these guys over a number of years with just you know about the you know some of the family dynamic that they're going through and maybe they're growing their family and maybe they're moving you know maybe they're going through some health stuff um you know i just found myself in a, in a pretty unique spot where it's like you understand some of the strength and conditioning aspects of like the physical demand you understand some of the family dynamic you're not a player but you're not a coach but you're you know you're within the coach's circle You're involved with just like talking in the front office and you're talking. So you found myself in a very unique spot to be able to communicate certain things. And that's what really triggered that idea of being able to articulate certain ideas at a higher level and being able to get to a certain level of detail with certain guys to hopefully land, you know, some of those things a little bit more. Um, because I think that when you're doing the same things over and over and over again, it becomes very monotonous, you know. And so any discrepancy or anything that is a change is like a, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, it's like, wait, hold on, that's different. Yet you still can't articulate it because you're not used to it. You're not being able to, you're not, you know, you're not challenged to talk about it very much. And so through observation and trying to study in that fashion, being able to articulate those things is actually a value. And it can actually try to, you know, it can help these guys connect, you know, A and B, which makes them feel better. And um or just make them feel like, hey, you know, like I'm more clear headed or, you know, I'm not as angry anymore. Which then for me, just getting back to some sort of like level headedness is going to be advantageous for them uh, from a competition standpoint.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And obviously we've talked a little bit about All the changes that have happened with your life since October when you retired. There's one noticeable change with the Dodgers organization over the last couple of months. I know you got to catch an MVP in Clayton Kershaw, Cy Young Award winner and Trevor Bauer and a full staff of World Series champions in 2020. I don't think you ever caught a guy that can hit 50 home runs in a season as well as have a 2.0 ERA. So what do you think the Otani impact is going to be on these 2024 Dodgers?
2: You know, I think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to get to know somebody, um, you know, that comes around once in a lifetime. I don't think you're going to see many other guys that are going to be able to do things like he can. I think it's advantageous for him because he, you know, throws right, he hits lefty. So from a physical standpoint, he's rotating on both hips, you know, so he's not just a constant, it's not a constant demand on one side. Um, I think that uh, at least gives him the prospects of, you know, creating longevity when it comes to that level of talent. Um, you know, I think I would have really enjoyed just kind of being around them. And, you know, I, again, like when guys come in from different you know countries and different parts of the world too, I really enjoy just getting to know, you know, the aspects that are different compared to what and how we live, you know, um, so I would have enjoyed that. Um, I think from a business standpoint, I think it's going to be wonderful for the Dodgers um, for the years to come. And, you know, for him to do what he did for the, at least as a rumor um, to maintain a level of competitiveness, I think that's great. And again, that just, it's like, I wish it would have happened a year earlier. So I would have at least gotten to uh, see that and feel it and, you know, you know, experience it um, and kind of take that. But, you know, sometimes it's what keeps you in the game. Maybe you should take a step away too. It's just the what if, the what if, what if, I need more, I need more. So um, figured that they would do it the year that I left. Um, But you know what, like. (laughs) Can't have everything. You really can't have everything. And I look I look forward to watching them play and I wish them nothing but the uh the best of success with the Dodgers and the Dodgers organization.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's been a heck of a run for you so far. You've had a great career with the Dodgers organization. I'm sure whether it's in baseball or whether it's finance or wherever you go next, it's gonna be an absolute blast of a career that you're getting into next. But we really appreciate you stepping in with us today, hopping on the podcast again. I guess we didn't scare you off the first time that you're willing to hop back on the Zoom call with us for a second time, but Really appreciate all the great insight today.
2: Yeah, you know, and I, I appreciate you guys inviting me back on. I do think that there's value to understanding a little bit more of what kind of happens behind the scenes, um, you know, and I just I happen to be in kind of a unique position. And I wanted to share some of those thoughts, um, you know, because there's a lot of people around, you know, baseball and sports, and whether you're just, you know, whether in your little league, whether in your high school or college or pro level, or you make it to the big leagues and you have to, you know, face the ultimate decision of retirement. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and it's not an easy decision to make. And, um, yeah, I was just appreciative of the opportunity to be able to share some of those things with you guys. And. Um, I hope that if there's something else or something, you know, of need down the road that I can add value to, uh, please feel free to reach out anytime. Um, yeah, I'd love to do that. You guys are easy to talk to and I enjoyed the podcast. It's good.
0: Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate it. I bet you're probably looking forward to not having to go to spring training every day in a couple of weeks, get to have a nice relaxing February and March for the first time in a while, but no, this has been a blast getting to talk to you this afternoon.
2: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Spring training. It's a little bit weird. (laughs) right now it is because it's just like i need to i feel like i need to get ready for something i've been doing it for you know 25 years you know this time of year preparing for something right uh for baseball and You know, this is the first year in a very long time that I haven't needed to do that. So every now and then I find myself a little bit, you know, uh, anxious. um, (laughs) But I'm kind of fighting that a little bit. Um, But no, overall, it's good. And uh, again, it's going to be kind of fun to watch these guys play this year. they got an excellent chance to, you know, go to the World Series again. And uh, yeah, so again, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. And it's been fun.
1: I mean, if you're looking to get into something, especially since you're going into finance. I feel like you have to pick up the golf clubs. Oh, you know what?
2: Like we need another podcast. Just to talk about that. I've already been golfing so much that, you know, cause golfing was something that I was actually better at than I was baseball. Um, I was just forced to make a decision at the time to do one or the other because I just I wasn't that, you know, athletically inclined to balance them both. Right. Um, but I'm back at it. And, uh, you know, there finally you making mean. some adjustments to the, to the swing. Um, been out several times, making it routine. So I'm, yep, I'm back on the course and I'm getting back at it. So there thanks we, for bringing that up. And Arizona,
1: Arizona beautiful. I'm sure. Believe it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The, the, the green seas right now are not, you know, something <laughs> to laugh about, but yeah, no, it's, beautiful, it's, it's beautiful. Um, Yeah. I look forward to playing that a lot more.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, we enjoy it. Well, thanks so much again for hopping on and for
2: Dylan, Nico, and Steven. Until the next time, the side is retired.